Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hi, and thank you so much for listening in today. We have a really amazing guest who I have had the privilege of working with in a mastermind for the last little while, Dr. Peggy Gleason. And Dr. Gleason is a certified integrated health coach. She has a doctoral degree in natural health and over four decades of experience in critical care nursing. So this is somebody who knows what they are talking about. And we're going to talk about something that's really important. Um, This is this is coming up on the holiday season. And this is going to be something that I think all of us are going to need to tap into uh, the information that Dr. Gleason is going to share today. So Dr. Gleason, thank you so much for being here. Well, I am so honored to be your guest today and looking so forward to um, hearing what you want to know about. (laughs) Well, let's start. Let's start at the very beginning. So tell us a little bit. I gave a very brief introduction about you. So can you tell us a little bit more about your areas of passion and expertise, and maybe a little bit about what what got you interested in these areas, because medicine is a big field and you chose a really specific one. So, yes, thank you for that question. Um, well, I started out, of course, as a nurse <laughs> in the dark ages, but um, I, I did have a passion for critical care. Uh, that was just something that, you know, that's what floats my boat is give me the, the heaviest, you know, challenging and I loved it. And I taught a lot of nurses through the years how to do that kind of work. Um, and it was a juggling act. And, you know, a typical day in critical care uh, was you get your report, you get a couple critical care patients and there's lines of machines and uh, you can't imagine, right? And it's a nonstop type of work. And I'm I'm saying this for a reason. And not only is it nonstop, but you're you're multitasking all day long because yeah. you're looking at monitors, you're checking lines, you're doing this, you're doing that, um, you're charting, and you don't take any time out. Like the diet of a critical care nurse, I call it the grab and go diet, where you run to the nurse's lounge, you shove anything down your throat just to get some energy take a, uh, go to the restroom and you run right back. So you grab and go because you really don't have time to leave anybody unattended. I mean, you get a coverage, but you still, you know, that's yours. You know, you take charge of that patient. But over the years, I realized a lot of patients were like a revolving door, especially on the medical medical floors. And uh, it started making me look at, things differently. It's like, wow, you know, they come in because they have a symptom. They get medications for their symptoms. They get more side effects. They come back. Now we, and it just keeps going on and on and on. So um, I'm not a big, I'm not a big supportive of pharmaceuticals. However, I respect the need for them. It's like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because sometimes you need certain things. But I found through my years there was medicine today is great for acute care, but they're missing something with chronic care. And that's where we look at lifestyle and and what are we doing? So I went on uh, 
a path to understand what modalities other countries were using from Ayurveda to um, Chinese medicine to any type of Eastern practices. And I, I wanted to see, actually I wanted to use them myself. Right. Right. And um, I found what was interesting, a common thread was that they did use some form of meditation or, you know, sort of a, shut down for a few minutes, you know? And I thought, God, you know, we don't do that. We just keep going and going and going. And I was, I know for me, what was the turning point for me was I was working in critical care nurse. I I had three little kids. I was a single mother for part of that time. I had aging parents that I had to be uh, very mindful of. And I was take, doing my doctoral degree all at the same time. Yeah, And it was go, 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 go. Now, when, and you know, today we hear the word burnout, which is a real serious issue. And people often ask me, well, you know, how often does it happen? And it's like, back in my day, you didn't call it burnout. You were just exhausted. Yeah. And you were juggling, you know, there was no term or whatever. And, uh, but the thing is, you don't know you're burning out. You, do everything because you think you can. And that's the problem with women today. We think we can do everything or we don't like to get help because we like to do it our way. Right. You know, do it now and get it done. And if you ask, like, if you say so to, to somebody in your family, hey, could you take the garbage out? And 20 minutes later, the garbage is still there. You end up taking the garbage out, right? Right. It's just the way we are built. We're very, I know for me, I'm very independent. I have a magnificent family but my daughter's the same way and she's she's sort of even more independent than i am uh but i think that's part of the issue um with women today so back to my story i did study extensively to see what other um other countries other other medicine types were doing and the modalities and and i did you know, did adopt them myself because I knew I had to do something about my little right. addiction of doing too many things. Um, and I think that was the first thing that I brought into it. And then I got really interested in how can I share this with other people that, you know, women need help. There's yeah. no doubt about it. They and absolutely need help. Would you would you agree? And, and I may be saying this kind of off the top of my head. I don't have any studies or information in front of me, but I think a lot of women, especially the women that I talk to that are going through the divorce, they think that they that if they ask for help, that's perceived as a sign of not being competent, not being capable, um, lacking in some skill or talent or ability. And I'm not I'm not I don't see everything as a big patriarchal you know, attempt to squash women. But oh. I do think that there's different expectations. Like nobody expects a CEO of a Fortune 500 company who's a man to come home, do laundry, cook for the family, take the kids to soccer practice. You know, he's just a good guy if he takes the garbage out, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, that's such a great point. And you are absolutely correct in your thoughts. And I'm, uh, you know, all the, any of the research I've done, just shows um, women do have a lot more responsibilities. Right. It's just because our nature. We're the we're the mothers, the caregivers. We're the caregivers of elderly parents. Um, 
and you have a lot of wonderful men that that jump in also. And um, so I, I appreciate all of all of those men that that do participate and are proactive. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah. And I and I thank you for saying that, because I am by no means painting all men with this broad brush. Well, stroke, nor am no- I. And I think I think it's a generational thing too. I was talking to um uh, uh Braden Ricketts, who was on my yeah. podcast a couple of days ago, and he was talking about as a co-parent, um, he's a lot, he's a couple of decades younger than I am. And um he had some fantastic insight into how things are done, you know, more with his generation, it's not so the expectation isn't all on one parent to do this and the other parent doesn't do anything, just pops in on the weekends and does things. That's that's kind of going out the window. And I love that. But I I really want to focus in on something that I know that you work with women and that we're kind of leading up to this. But the two things that I'd like to I'd like to pick your brain on is finding me time. And the other one is that kind of setting boundaries and learning how to say no. So I'm going to I'm going to let you go with which one of those you would like to focus in on first or. Well, set the time thing. That's got to be the first thing I have to talk about, because all of the clients I've ever worked with when we're we're coaching, we're we're in this place, we're going to do a plan. Right. The minute they think they have to stop to do something, to say, I don't have time. I don't have time. And you know what? That's what it feels like when you're in the middle of it. You know, I know back when I was in that, in that place, um, of course, I probably never said I don't have time. I just said yes to everything, which was my issue. So they sort of, they sort of go together. Right. But um, that, that's the number one thing they have to do is learn how to carve out me time. And what's interesting, when you look at the hours that we, well, the minutes even, that we spend doing things that we're not even realizing could be used for valuable things, right? And especially today with the yeah. phone, yeah, uh, any of the devices, you're it's a distraction. We're distracted all day long. And that distraction, you know, think about, um, you go on Amazon to order something. So you look up what you want, but in the meantime, <laughs> you've gotten pulled over. You're like a squirrel. You're like yeah. all over the place, you know? <laughs> and then you go, Oh, wait a minute. That's something somebody would like for Christmas. Wait. And then you go over here and then all of a sudden that two minute thing, cause you knew what you wanted in the first place right. has become 47 minutes. Yeah. Those 47 minutes or those 45 minutes that you've just used there could have been used for a lot of other things. Maybe, um, maybe just to sit down. Yeah. And and all of that stuff is not accidental. That getting caught up 45 minutes on Amazon, that is strategic marketing. They have planned that. They guarantee because they put the suggested other items and this goes with this. (laughs) They give you like 17 things to compare. So you click around to different. This is this is all planned. Um, And it's again, it's not some big corporate attempt to overtake no, the world it's, it's just it's marketing it's it's what they do and they do it yeah. very well so so dr so Gleason, what I, I do with that you know i just said to finish that yeah. part up is um when i'm working with women 
um, I do have a way to teach them. And a lot of it is, you know, doing a time study, so to speak. It's not real formal, but we go through all of those various things that we do get hung up with. Yeah. And they usually can find that little bit of time for themselves. And do you want to know the other, I was talking to, uh, and again, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but it was, uh, I I think a friend of mine, and we were just chit-chatting. We're both entrepreneurs. And I said, have you ever noticed that if you have two hours to get this project done, you can get it done in two hours. But if you have a whole day to get it done, it takes a whole day to get it done because you do, you go down those rabbit holes, you don't hold yourself accountable. So I love the idea of, of um, doing a time study even, and can you just tell people briefly if they're not sure what a time study is, can you just sort of define well, that? Well, basically when you, when you say time study, it really just looks at your typical day. And what are all the things you have? You can look at the day before even. You can make it really easy. It doesn't have to be complicated. But you look at where did all your time go yesterday, for instance. Right. And really look at it. And we, I have a checklist and I can say, okay, you know, computer, you know, um, driving. There's all these other things. Because sometimes you need help in trying to, yeah. Figure out where your time went. So we just go through and really drill down how much time did you spend on things you did not need to spend right. time on or things you did not intend to spend time on. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, I worked in a psych hospital for five years and we used to have to block off every 15 minutes what we did throughout the day. That was oh. a requirement. And we had to turn those in. Old school, no computers, handwritten, took like 20 minutes to do the freaking time study, (laughs) but you had to do it and you had to do it like you had to be accurate. Like you had to record if you went to the, you know, if you took a restroom break or you did like that all had to be. And you were, that was how they did their efficiency stuff to see. And and you know what? And you're not alone because in, in Duke, Duke medical hospital, which I've I'm affiliated with, we have done time studies for certain tasks like, how long does it take you to do one referral to a nursing home? Like something like that. Right. Just an right, example. Right. But I think that is, it's important for people to realize that it is important to know. Yeah. It's like your money. Where's your money going? Well, where's your time going? Yeah. And you got to look at it that way. Like time is much more valuable than money. Yeah. You know, because we and, can't get that back. And we do that now. Um, I mean, I do that in part of my self-care stuff with food, like uh, keep a food journal. Like, what do yeah. you actually eat? Like everything. Like, yeah, you pop that hard candy in your mouth. You count that one. And exactly. within two or three days, you start identifying patterns like, OK, my stress levels are up here. So I grabbed, you know, a Twinkie or whatever, <laughs> a glass of wine, whatever it was. So yeah, it, yeah. you can quickly start to see how this stress has such a net burnout and that feeling of having to be on that hamster wheel really gets uh, impacts all parts of your life, like incredibly. So oh, it so does. You are so right, Marty. So once you get, once you get people to recognize that they've got these waste, or I don't know if I even want to say wasted, but ineffective, really? inefficient yeah. time usage, that's yeah. not productive for them. Um, how do you get them to then limit that or set those boundaries around that? Cause it, is that the next step for you? I think just, the, the awareness is the most important thing. Okay. 
And then we look at, you know, where are they in their self-care regime? Or are they taking time? What are they missing? I have to know, like with the assessment, okay, that's your time study. So what, how would your life change if you had time to journal or meditate or, you know, exercise or have the time to cook a healthy meal? Yeah. Because you always hear people don't have time to cook a healthy meal. Right. But they have time to drive to McDonald's and come back, right? It's so taking the takeout line for thirty-five minutes at lunch. Yeah, yes, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm going to get that you know that extra large fries. Um, it's on sale. So you know, um, I think it it there's a lot a lot more pieces when I work with people because I really got to dig a little deeper, see what it is that they're missing. The one thing I when I do. If they say I don't have time, I really, they're just frazzled. I will always tell them, do you have five minutes? Well, yeah, I have five minutes. And then I will tell them what they can do for five minutes. Yeah. And there's a wonderful book that one of my mentors, when I went to Duke Integrative Medicine, Jeff Brantley wrote it. And it's called, and it's it's on Amazon. It's called, <laughs> it's, it's, it's five minutes, but it's a hundred different things you can do for five minutes in the morning to keep you calm throughout the day. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I love that book. So um, I will make sure to get you that title if you want to put it in. And I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But you know, it just shows you that you can start somewhere. Yeah. And I always say to people, look, all you have to do, if you really want to start learning, now I've been meditating for years and years and journaling. It's it's a pattern. You get up. Now, for me, I grab a cup of coffee, but I get up. I have a warm beverage. I sit. I'm, I do my quiet time. And then I journal. So it's just that's sort of the way to start the day. Right. And it's interesting. I notice when I don't do it, my day is different. Right. Yeah. Because Maybe that's all they need to do. And people say, well, I got to go to work. Well, can you get up a half an hour early to right. put in 15 minutes of whatever it is that's important to you? Right. Yeah. And that that's the power of working with somebody like you, Dr. Gleason, just to really pinpoint that this doesn't, we're not talking about going into a meditation room, lighting a candle and blocking yourself out from the world for an hour while you, no. you know, do meditation. It can be short, manageable pieces throughout the day that really help you to um, to build that emotional reserve so that when you do hit a crisis, because we all are going to hit them every day, whether they're big or little, sure. you have a way to deal with them rather than being already on empty. And then the crisis hits. Right. Right. right so, right. yeah. And I even say people that are working at a in in inside a job, not at home. Um, if you're really frazzled. Excuse yourself, go to the nearest restroom, close the door and just breathe. And just mm-hmm. notice your breath for five, five minutes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And you'll come out, kind of reset. You just got to reset yourself pretty often. Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with doing that either. Um, that's that's the healthy way to handle it. Yeah. 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 And I actually, it's really interesting because I've worked with a couple of companies as a, as an, uh, which I don't do much anymore, but as an executive and leadership coach, and we've actually encouraged people every hour on the hour to take five minutes, get up, go stand outside, um, go into the break room, 
they had really nice, they had put in really nice couches. They had like soothing music going on and it changed the productivity of that organization completely. I'm not going to take credit for it because I didn't invent that idea. It was just, you know, they use it all the time, but it's amazing how those, like you say, those little breaks throughout the day. So let's get to, because we're almost out of time here. Let's jump to, I know these conversations go like, wow, they're gone. No, they do, but this is great. Let's talk about yeah. the one that I think, um, and, and we're, this is going to, our podcast is coming out um, in December, which is going to be mm. really critical, I think, for people, but you can use this anytime, anytime. How do you learn to say no gracefully. I I love this question because I never could. I thought people are going to judge me as being rude or not nice or, but I always say when somebody asks you to do something, pause, do not answer right away. That was what I had to learn. Cause I'd go, Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Without really even thinking, do I even have time? That's the first thing is pause and say, you know, let me get back to you. I'm going to check and see what my day is like. That's all you have to do. It's graceful. You're not, you're not insulting them. And then when you're ready to say no, you can be very polite. Say, you know what? I realized I really have a pretty packed schedule here and I'd love to help you either. You know, did you, you know, maybe I can find somebody to help you with that or, you know, you can, you can do it gracefully by either, suggesting another way for them to get the help or, you know, I mean, that's one of the really nice ways. Not everybody has a, you know, a thought of who else can fill that, whatever it is, but, right. um, and, you know, say, but, you know, keep me in mind the next time, or maybe not, you may not want to say that you may not want to open a door. Right. Right. Yeah. But you never say um, maybe you know, you have to close that door. Yeah. Because if you don't close that door, it stays open. Yeah. I always say maybe is a yes. <laughs> if somebody says maybe to me, I just write them down. Yep. They agreed. To that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You're um, right. So, so it's yeah. the perception, right? Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that's a, a very hard thing for a lot of people to learn, but it can be learned. It can be a great skill, but you have to sort of create new neural pathways on how to do that because you're automatically going to say, what you always did, right? Yeah. But the first thing is pause. And and I think I I think too another easy, mm-hmm. well, maybe easier technique is if you have kids to practice with your children. Like yes. if they say, Hey mom, I need a glass of juice, and they're, you know, they're capable of going to the fridge and getting their own juice, you know, it's like, wow. That's great that you wanted another glass of juice. The fridge is right there. Let me know if you need any help. <laughs> Just let them do their own thing. Like letting exactly. go of the small things then exactly. makes it easier, don't you think? Or yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of like how we look at when there's a lot of stuff on our plate and you can't take any more. You have to start seeing what you want to keep and what you want to get rid of. That's the same thing with your time, right? So you have to learn to delegate, delegate or delete um, some of the things on your plate, you know, and that's all part of the saying no is don't take any more with the no, but also think about what you're already overdoing, right? And look at things that are really not important and prioritizing is all part of that, the course that I 
try to teach them about the time time management. It's yeah. really important to look at all of the options you have. Yeah, that this is so exciting because I think the world of possibilities is here for anybody who's feeling overwhelmed, feeling like they like they just they, they can't chop mm. one more thing into their day and they know that there's, you know, 20 requests coming out there from family and friends, especially over the holidays. It it gets a little nutty for a lot of people. So And that's um, where you have to set your boundaries, right? And that's where I think that oh gosh, you know, even if you're even if you're calendar is on your phone just say i have to check my schedule <laughs> i love That's, that idea yeah it's yeah. it's such a powerful tool yeah to use because we we keep saying yes yeah and 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 then and then we regret it we have instant buyer's remorse and then you feel <laughs> and then i think you send out that energy like well i'm here but i don't want to be here and then it's <laughs> True, true. We try to hide it. We really yeah. try. Look at me, guys, smiling. Yeah, you can hide it with humor, but we know you're hiding. Exactly, exactly. Doctor uh, Lisa, we have covered a ton of stuff, um, and you have given some phenomenal tips, strategies, and ideas for people to to put in place on their own. But let's face it; it's really hard to put things in place on your own. So, what what would you say is the takeaway thing that you would like people to remember from this conversation when they shut off this podcast and go back to their busy lives? Everyone has five minutes. Start there. Just close your eyes, take a deep breath, and just know you are wonderful as you are. You don't have to get any better, but just take care of what you have. I love that. What a nice way to end this too. Now, Dr. Gleason, I know that you have a giveaway for people um, that they can access and that's all going to be in the show notes. You want to say a little bit about that and also um, let us know how people can reach out to you if they want to find out more about what you do. Well, this is a perfect thing for this this talk because it is the document on how to say no gracefully and set boundaries. So you will get that. um, You'll get a lot of tips about how to do it. Um, and to get in touch with me, uh, it's peg at peggygleason.com. Really easy. And um, I have several different links. I'm on all the p- social platforms. It's always Peggy Gleason, that's it, or Dr. Peggy Gleason. But um, certainly feel free to contact me with any questions, and I'm happy to help you out. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Gleason. Really enjoyed all your information. And again, all of Dr. Gleason's information is in the show notes. And I'm going to encourage you to reach out to her if you're finding it hard to find those five minutes in your day, because she's going to help you discover a lot more than five minutes. (laughs) Thanks so much, Dr. Gleason. Well, thank you so much. I feel honored being here. And I hope all your audience has a wonderful, um, safe and happy holiday season. And I'm going to second that. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.